mean that it was evil, but you perceive it as an evil thing. Okay, it's your, that's what anger is, okay? It's your whole person's active response to a perceived evil. And, and like, like Rachel said earlier, it's, a, it's, it's that reaction, okay, when you don't get what you want. Now, here's, here's the, the next question I have for you. Is anger always sinful? Is anger always sinful? You guys are shaking your head. No? No, right? You're right. No. Anger is not always sinful. Again, back to the definition. Anger is our whole person's active response to a perceived evil. It's a response. It's a reaction. Okay? And, and the Bible does teach that anger is not always sinful. There are two types of anger, if you want to narrow, narrow it down. Okay? Two types of anger. Um, one, how about this? I'll, read, I'll, read, I'll describe it to you, and then you tell me what it is. Okay? In your handout, I said, this kind of anger is godly motivated, God-focused, and righteously handled. Is that righteous anger or sinful anger? Which one do you think? Righteous anger. Is that, um, is, is that sin to have that kind of response to evil? It's not. Not necessarily. Right? That's righteous anger. Anger that is godly motivated, God-focused, and righteously handled. This is the kind of anger that the Bible actually commands, okay? The Bible commands us to have this kind of anger because it's a reaction or a response against actual sin. It's focused on God's glory, and it's handled and expressed righteously. Here's the second type of anger. This anger is selfishly motivated, self-focused, and sinfully handled. Is this righteous anger or sinful anger? Sinful anger. That's sinful anger. This is the kind of anger that the Bible condemns. Doesn't command it, actually condemns it. Why? Because it's the reaction or the response against personal preferences or offenses. It's focused on your reputation, your name, and it's handled and expressed sinfully. See the difference between the two, right? One is, one is God-motivated, right? God-focused and righteously handled and expressed. The other one, the other one is selfish motivated, self-focused, and sinfully handled and expressed. So how do you know if you have righteous anger or sinful anger? Just use those things as a filter. Why, why am I so, you know, uh, bent up, like we say? Why am I so irritated? Why am I so frustrated deep inside? Why am I responding this way? Just ask the question, okay, what's the motivation? Is it self or God? I think it's self. Okay, you, no, no need to continue. <laughs> it's sinful anger. Bible condemns that. You need to repent of it. Is it, what's the focus? Is it focused on God's reputation, God's name, God's glory, or is it focused on me, my name, my reputation, my popularity, how people think of me, what people think of me, right? And how do I handle it? And how do I express it? Yes, it starts in here, but anger comes out. Right? How do I express it? Do I express it in a righteous manner? Like when I see abortion, yes, that's righteous anger, but can I express it and can I handle it in a righteous manner? Or, or 
or do I do I express and ha and handle it in a sinful manner? So those are the two types of of anger. Now I think you and I agree that most of the time what we have is righteous anger. Right? No, no, no. I'm just testing you. You and I agree, okay, that almost all of the time, I, I don't want to give statistics, right? Because they say that statistics are made up usually on, on the fly. Um, but this, uh, this, is, this is true. You and I, most of the time, what we have is sinful anger, not righteous anger. Okay, all of us struggle with anger. Okay, remember that. All of us struggle with anger, anger. Um, but sadly, a lot of us are losing in the battle against anger. All of us do struggle. Okay, the question is, are you, are you losing or are you having victory? And a lot of us are losing that battle against anger. But there's hope in God's word, right? There's a lot of places where we can go in the Bible and, and learn about anger, righteous anger and sinful anger. What is anger? How can we handle it? How can we express it? Right? How can we repent of it? But, but since we are in the book of Proverbs, there are plenty of Proverbs that talk about anger. So what I want to do this morning and next Sunday, um, because... You know, I was fighting the temptation. Man, I just need to to preach this this message in one Sunday and, get, and just get, get you know just be done with anger. You know, so I can move on to the next topic. Um, but no, I I need to uh, I need to hear this and and just like you, I think we will benefit from from looking at what what the Book of Proverbs has to say about anger. So it will take us today and next Sunday. So I want to walk you through five lessons in helping you handle anger wisely. Okay, that's the goal. Okay, how you can handle your anger wisely. And I hope to get to all five this morning and then the last one next Sunday. So here's the first lesson in helping you handle your anger wisely. Number one, anger proves folly. Okay. If you, if you take all of the Proverbs that speak of anger and you read them all at once, you will notice right away that anger proves folly. Okay, Proverbs makes it clear that the ID card, you guys, you guys still have ID cards at school? Like, uh, do you still wear it? No, right? Yeah, when we went to school, we had ID cards and you had to wear it to get to school and to get your lunch. Um, but Proverbs is pretty much saying that the ID card of a fool is anger. Okay? You can know that a person is a fool because that person is most likely 100% going to be what? An angry person. Why is that? Well, anger identifies a fool because of his, listen to this, quickness to abandon all self-control. That's foolish, right? To just, just how quick foolish people to abandon their restraint, their self-control, and they just fly off the rail, like we say, right? And, and um, his carelessness to ex express his dissatisfaction. I mean, this, this, look back to the last time when you got angry. How, how quick were you to abandon your self-control? Right? To just raise your voice or to slam the door. 
right? And how careless were you to express your dissatisfaction? And then you come down, you know, five hours later, and then you look back like, man, that happened so fast. You know, mom said this, dad said this, or my sibling did this. And then just like that, you know, I, I lost all self-control and I was so careless. And I did this thing that I'm like, man, why, why even do that? That's just stupid. You know why Like, why say that? Or why, why act that way? Right? Just the carelessness to express your dissatisfaction. That's, that's a fool. Okay. It's the fool is identified by anger. Look at Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16. Listen to this. A fool's anger is known at once. If you have the NIV, the NIV says it this way. Fools show their annoyance at once. But a prudent man, okay, the, the, the opposite of a fool, a wise person, conceals dishonor. Proverbs 14. Go to Proverbs 14. Verse 29. He who is slow to anger has great understanding. But he who is quick-tempered exalts what? Folly, foolishness. A fool considers everything as a personal offense. He gets irritated very easily. And he wants everyone to know that he is not happy. That's what those Proverbs are talking about. A fool's anger is known at once. It's just, I'll let you know that I'm angry. Right? He who is quick-tempered exalts folly. You're being, you're being a fool. Now, go to Proverbs chapter 20. Here's another one. Proverbs chapter 20. Again, anger is the ID, identification card of the fool. Anger proves folly. Chapter 20, verse 3. Keeping away from strife is an honor for a man. Okay, somebody who um, not runs away from a fight, but, but knows, knows how to handle it. Uh, no, n- expresses and handles it uh, uh, not sinfully, but righteously. He doesn't want to fight. He doesn't spoil for a fight. That's an honor for a person. But any fool will what? Quarrel. If that's you, you're a fool. Okay? If you're an angry person, if you have an anger problem like Junior from the story, and your parents are saying, ah, we, can't, we don't know what to do with Junior. You're a fool. That's number one. You are a fool. That's your ID card. Is anger. Now, I don't know how you're like, students, when, you, when you're angry, when you get angry. Uh, but you show your anger in one of two ways. Okay, You either clam up or you what? Blow up. All right? Uh, again, you're... I haven't talked to your parents about how you express your anger, but you either clam up or blow up. I, I, I won't tell you what I do, but um, that's, really, that's really the two ways, okay, that you can express your anger. You, first, you clam up, okay? This is the internalization approach. Okay, you walk away, we draw to your bedroom, you pout, you sulk, you cry, 
You eat lots of food, you binge watch shows, and give others the cold shoulder. That's the clam. Internalized approach. Here's the blow up person. Okay, this is the ventilation approach. Okay, you raise your voice, you talk back, call others inappropriate names, use profanity, respond with sarcasm. Oh, do we do that when we get angry? And you even sometimes throw, hit, or kick things. Any, um, any holes in your bedrooms? Yeah, right? That's the blow-up kind of person. And we say, oh, I'm just venting, right? Your friends talk to you and they, they, um, they vent. Oh, I, just wanna, I just need to let this out. Um, you know, my mom said this, you know, I'm not allowed to do this. My dad did this. My siblings, they always do this. Oh, I just get so frustrated. I just get so irritated. Oh, thank you for listening. I feel better now. That's sinful anger. That's venting. Okay, that's blowing up. If you're the friend who's listening, you say, oh, hold on. You say venting, but what you're about to do is blow up, right? And that is not, even if your anger is caused by righteous anger, the way you're about to handle it and express it is, is sounding and smelling like a sinful way. Don't do it, okay? So that's number one. That's the first lesson, okay? Anger proves folly. Again, students, I don't know how you express it, how you handle it, whether you climb up or blow up, but the Bible is very clear that both of those ways are sinful. Okay, whether you're a clamor or, or you're a blower, um, they're both sinful. One is not better than the other. And according to those Proverbs, whether you climb up or you blow up, you are what? First and foremost, what? A fool. You're foolish. Doesn't matter how, how well you do in school. It doesn't matter what kind of grades you get. Doesn't matter how much you know, okay, from your Bible mem memorization. If, you, if, you're an, an, if you're an angry person, you're a fool. You're a foolish person. And yes, that's what the Bible calls you if you have an anger problem. Here's the second lesson. Anger causes conflict. We know that. Anger causes conflict. We know that conflict causes anger, right? Conflict causes anger. You get in a debate or a fight or a quarrel, then you get angry. But most of the time, especially when you read Proverbs, it's, 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 uh, it's almost the other way around. It's, it's anger causing conflict. Look at Proverbs chapter 10. Okay, anger causes conflict. Yes, conflict causes anger, but... But the Bible is clear that it's usually the other way, other way around. Anger causes conflict. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12. Hatred, or you can say anger. Okay, anger that's deep-seated. Hatred, anger, stirs up strife. It produces conflict. But love, the opposite of hate, the opposite of anger, covers all transgressions. Proverbs chapter 15. Fifteen verse 18. 
a hot-tempered man, okay, a, a, an angry person, what does he do? He stirs up strife. He causes conflict. But the slow to anger, okay, the patient person calms a dispute. Another one, Proverbs 30. Proverbs 30. This is an interesting way to illustrate it, how anger causes conflict. Proverbs 30, verse 33. 30, 33. The last verse there. For the churning of milk produces butter. Right, you guys ever done that in homeschool uh, or any school? Maybe, maybe. I don't know if they do that at different schools, but <laughs> as, as an experiment. For the churning or the, or the mixing or the stirring of milk produces butter. I think some translations say curds. I think butter is a little bit better. Um, and pressing the nose or twisting the nose brings forth blood. So the churning of anger produces what? Strife all the time. Anger causes conflict. And you guys know we live in a sinful world, uh, world, right? We interact with sinful people, right? And we ourselves are sinful, so sometimes conflict is unavoidable. But Proverbs says that when you are in conflict and you get angry, that's your go-to, you're a fool, that's your ID card. Right? And you get in the conflict or in the debate or an argument and you get angry right away. Proverbs is saying that you're just making things worse. You're producing more conflict. You're producing more tension if you're angry. Students, think about all the conflicts you've had, okay? especially with your parents and your siblings. How many of them could have been handled wisely? And how many of them could have ended quickly if only you did not churn the butter? Or only if you restrained, right, the churning or, or the, the producing of your anger? Think about that. How many, right? How many of the past conflicts that you've had that you could have handled wisely and could have ended quickly if you just chose not to, not to get angry. Okay, if it's a whole person's response, okay, an active response to a perceived evil, it, it means that you, can, that you can stop it. You mean like right away? Yes, you can. Oh, I don't know if I can because it seems like sometimes it just takes over and gets so angry. Let me prove to you that you can actually stop it at the moment, in the moment. Um, imagine yourself, you know, having a, a fight with, um, with your parents, an argument, and you're getting angry, right? You're getting angry. And um, your feelings, your, your emotions are all, all ramped up. You know, your, your voice is starting, starting to get louder. And you're, you're, you know, you're making clenched fists, you know, you're grabbing on the things, you're starting to scream, right? And then I call you. Or let's say, how about this? Pastor Christmas calls you, right? Pastor Christmas calls you, and you're like, oh, man, it's Pastor Scott. And your mom says, you better pick that up. So you pick it up. Hey, Pastor Scott, how are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, everything's, everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, oh, 
I look forward to church tomorrow. Thank you for checking on my family. We're doing well. Thank you for praying for my dad. Yes, he did get the job yesterday. Everything's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Romans tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you, Pastor Scott. Bye. Right? Has that ever happened to you? That's happened to me a lot of times. That's happened to a lot of people I try to help with their anger issues. I, I tell them, you can stop it. Yes, anger produces conflict. It causes conflict. If you want to stop conflict, just stop your anger. You mean like right away? Yes, you can actually do it. You've done it in the past, right? If you're having a fight with, with, your, with your friend or with your, yeah, let's say with your friend out there in, in the, the courtyard, right? And then um, Mrs. Plummer walks up. What do you guys do? Hey, Mrs. Plummer, how are you? Well, you just stop it right there. That proves that you can actually, that it's a whole person's active response to a perceived evil. You're, you're choosing to do it. Okay, you're turning on the trigger. You're pulling the trigger. You're, you're pushing the, the, the on button. And you can stop it. If you stop it, Proverbs says, you will cover transgressions. You will be a patient person who calms a dispute. And you will stop the churning of milk, the pressing the nose, and the producing of strife. Third lesson. Third lesson. And this one I kinda, I've kind of heard before from my reading of Proverbs, but I did not know that, that it's, it's just as important as the, other, the first two that we talked about. Anger leads to isolation. Okay, anger leads to isolation. In our home, you guys know we have five kids, right? So we tell our kids, kids, you know, we sit them down, I sit them down, and I say, hey, kids, remember this. And I tell you this all the time, but I want you to remember this. Sin always leads to pain and or isolation, Okay, and I remind them the story of the Israelites, right? In the wilderness, they experienced pain and they experienced isolation. God caused them pain and God, and God uh, isolated them from the, from the promised land for a very, very long time. That's what sin will do. Okay, students, listen to me. Okay, sin always leads to pain, whether that's physical pain or emotional pain or whatever pain it is. It will always lead to that and or isolation. Okay, if you're... If, if you're a sinner and you, and you don't repent of your sin, God is going to isolate you from people. Okay? And in Proverbs, Proverbs is very clear that you, if you are an angry person, God is going to isolate you from others. Look at Proverbs 21. Proverbs chapter 21. Okay, sin always leads to pain and isolation. When it comes to anger, it always isolates, always isolates. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 9. Okay, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 9. It is better to live in a corner of a roof than in a house shared with a contentious or quarrelsome or angry wife. Okay, picture, picture your home right now, but with a flat roof, because back then they had flat roofs in Israel. And, you know, 
you walk in, right? You got you got like your Wi-Fi, your Xbox, you know, you got your, you know, your man cave and your me time over here, your flat screen over here, your big sub-zero fr fridge right here. You know, you open it, you just have everything, right? Um, and then and then you live with a bunch of angry people. You'd be saying this, you know what? It's better for me to be isolated from these angry people. If I can just set up a little, you know, a little bedroom kind of place on top of the roof in the corner so that I can get a break from, from this angry environment, that's better for me. Yes, I would be willing to give up all of these luxurious amenities, okay, and just be in a cardboard box, you know, on the roof, than to enjoy those luxurious amenities, but with angry people. Anger isolates. Look down in verse 19, same chapter 21, verse 19. It is better to live in a desert land. You're like, man, yes, I do get a break, you know, living in this cardboard box on top of the roof, but I got to get out of here, right? Well, I live in, you know, Arizona. Well, desert is your next option. Yes, it's better to live in a desert. Look at it. It is better to live in a desert land than with a contentious, okay, quarrelsome, angry, and vexing, okay, a, a nagging person, a nagger. It's better. Okay, now I know these two Proverbs are referring to women. That doesn't mean that they're more prone to anger than men. The point here is that it's far better, okay, students, it's far better to live in a small room on top of the roof of your home or better yet move out and live an angry person. It's better. And if you are the angry person, okay, if you're the angry person, it's better for your family not to spend time with you, and it's better for your friends to no, no longer be friends with you. Think about that. Anger what? Isolates. God will isolate you. God will isolate you from his grace of fellowship, his grace of people, his grace of family life. I was thinking about this, you know, can you imagine eavesdropping in a conversation and one of your friends say, man, I'm struggling with Roy. He gets so angry over the smallest things. And he always wants to debate and argue about everything. You know what, bud? I think it's best for me to stop hanging out with him. Imagine eavesdropping and you hear your friends talking about you that way, kind of saying, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's cool and all, you know, he's like, uh, what's the word that you, the, the new thing that you guys use? Not cool now, but uh, lit, no, that, that's like 10 years ago, but whatever, whatever the cool word that you use to describe a person, right? Man, he, he's so whatever, she's so whatever, but man, I just, I just don't want to invite him or her to uh, dinner tomorrow night or to my birthday party because I just don't want to deal with an angry person. And you don't even know, right? You don't get invited and you're wondering, man, what happened? Right? What, what's happening there? Well, God is isolating you because sin always leads to isolation, especially, specifically, anger. You will be isolated Look at Proverbs 22, okay, just a chapter 
over. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24. Do not associate with a man given to anger. Isolate yourself from that person. Or go with a hot-tempered man, a wrathful man, one who is easily angered. Why? Why should you avoid angry people? Verse 25, or you will learn his ways, meaning you'll become angry yourself, and find a snare or a trap for yourself. You will suffer the same consequence. Now, students, I know some of you struggle with making friends, and I hope it's not because people don't want to be your friends because you're an angry person. I hope that's not the case. And if you don't repent of your anger now, the Lord is going to isolate you and keep people far away from you. Not just now as, as teens, you know, but when you, when you go to college, when you are trying to find a spouse, um, and then when you become a parent, right? Now, now you have kids who can't really, you know, move out yet or, or go in the desert or go in the roof, on the roof of the, the house. But you don't want them thinking, man, dad is so angry. You know, when can I move out? Mom just gets so easily irritated and nagger. When can I go to my friend's house? You don't want to be like that. Okay, but but you start working on your anger now. So it proves folly, causes conflict, leads to isolation. Number four, anger, is, uh, anger produces more sin. Anger produces more sin. What kind of sin? Well, it produces more foolishness. Yes, anger is the ID card of the fool, but, it, but if you're an angry person, you'll become more foolish. Look at Proverbs chapter 14. Anger produces... More foolishness. Chapter 14, verse 17. A quick-tempered man, okay, an easily angered person, acts what? In what way? Foolishly. He does foolish things. And a man of evil devices is hated. So anger produces, produces more foolishness. Secondly, anger produces more anger. Okay? Chapter 15, anger produces more anger. Chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle, or you can say soft, answer, you know, during a conflict, during an argument, a debate, turns away wrath. But a harsh or angry word stirs up what? Anger. You just become more Angry. Here's how anger produces other types of anger. And, and I know that, that um, a lot of times we call our anger different terminologies. You know, like what? Give me an example. You're, you know you're angry, but you say what? You're annoyed? Frustrated? Irked? Yeah, yeah, irked. Yes. Upset, right? Stressed, tired, or uh, the new the new thing um, is uh, hangry. Oh yeah, in about two hours? No, um, right? So so I I get it. We 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 know that we're angry deep inside, 
Um, but a lot of times we, we don't call it a- anger. But the Bible does call anger other terminologies, uh, other words, okay? Here's how anger, anger produces other types of anger, okay? And if you want to li- uh, uh, write this list down, you can, okay? How anger produces other types of anger. Number one is resentment. Okay, resentment, yes, it's a different word, but it's, but it's produced by anger. Okay, resentment is anger held on to. That's resentment. Okay, it's internalized anger. You get wronged in some way or you, or you get slighted in some way, and instead of talking about it, you just keep it to yourself. That's anger. That's, the, that's that uh, resentment anger kind of language. Here's the second one, bitterness. Bitterness. Bitterness is also anger. It's anger that has grown into a feeling of animosity. Whereas, whereas resentment can dissipate over time, bitterness does not dissipate over time. It grows over time. It festers over time. That's bitterness. Here's the third um, type of anger that, that more anger will produce. Enmity. Okay, enmity is anger that views the other person as your, what? Enemy. And to have ill will toward that person. Whereas bitterness may be marked by politeness. You know, you can be bitter inside, right? And it's growing and festering. You can be bitter inside. You see that person, you can still be kind of polite. Hey, you know, shake, shake their hand. Good morning. Right? You can still be marked with external politeness, but enmity is expressed openly. There's the cold shoulder, there's the ignoring, there's the not sharing, right? That's, that's enmity. Here's the fourth one, another type of anger produced by more anger, grudge. Okay, grudge. Not the type of music you guys listen to, uh, but grudge. Grudge is anger that results in hating the other person so much that you want to get even. Okay, this word occurs five times in the Bible, four times in the Old Testament and once in the New Testament, I believe in the Gospel of Mark. And in all of the five times grudge is used in the Bible, it's always five out of five associated with seeking revenge. And guess what? How did you get there? You know, hating someone so much that you want to get even, you want to seek revenge, it's from anger, unrepented anger. So anger produces foolishness, more anger, and lastly, anger produces other sins. Look at this last Proverbs for today, Proverbs chapter 29. So if you're an angry person, just remember, it causes more sin, okay, more foolishness, more anger, and more all kinds, you name it, kind of sin. Proverbs 29, verse 22. Proverbs 29, verse 22. An angry man stirs up strife. We know. And a hot-tempered man abounds in what? Transgression. He commits all kinds of other sins, not just foolish sins, not just more angry sins, but all kinds of other sins he commits. How did he get there? Because he was angry, sinful anger, 
not repented of, not handled wisely. So that's the first four lessons. Okay, next Sunday we're going to look at how to, how to take care of sinful anger. Uh, five minutes, ten minutes, what do you guys want to talk about regarding anger? Okay, if you're looking at your out- outline, it proves folly, causes conflict, leads to isolation, and causes, produces more sin. Thoughts, comments, how-tos, what would you do kind of questions? Yes. Yeah. Right. Or the blow up? The clam up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, the Bible is clear that whether you clam up or you blow up, it's a sinful way of expressing and handling anger. Okay? Because clamming up, uh, you just internalize it, you get a little break, and then next thing you know, you're fine. Does that mean that you actually handled your anger? No, it does not mean that you did. Okay? Uh, let's say you blow up, yet, right? You actually say it right away. That, you just made me angry. You know, you, you shut the door or you, um, or you, I don't know, you hurt the person with your words or, or physically. Um, and you say, okay, I feel better now because I let it out. That's sinful too. Did, does that mean that you handled it rightly or wisely? No, it doesn't mean that. But in the Proverbs, you, you will see both, okay? Like, listen to this. A fool's anger is known at once. I think that's talking about the blow-up person. Like, you just know, oh, see that person turning red? See that person kind of, you know, standing up and slamming the chair? Yeah, that's, that, it's known at once. He's a fool. He's an angry person. Um. Keeping away from strife is an honor for a man, but any fool will what? Quarrel. That's a blow-up person. Just want to fight. Just want to debate. Okay, let's settle this right now. I'm right. You're wrong. Right? That's a fool. That's an angry person. And then you also have those who are more of a, of a, a clamor. You know, it takes them a while to churn the milk before it turns into butter, as, as the one illustration. Um... So I guess you can say that you can say that both are sinful uh but I thought that that is a helpful way to kind of um 
uh, recognize how we typically respond with anger. We either blow up or we clam up. And then once you know that you, you, you tend to clam up or you tend to blow up, you can actually start working on that. Because the Bible and Proverbs talk about both. Yes. Yeah. The internal, then you, you know, you've got to, you've got to go vertical. And yeah. The external, then you're external. No, that's good. But what, when you clam up, you're, you're also thinking evil things about the other person without saying it. Mm-hmm. Right? And then your mom finally, you know, makes dinner two hours later. Hey, dinner's ready. Okay, dinner's ready. Are you okay? Son, are you okay, daughter? Yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine, right? But for the past two hours, you've been clamming up, thinking evil things about your, your mom or your parent. So yeah, yes, the, the blow up will definitely say, okay, you just offended, you just sinned against that person because you showed it or you hurt that person with your words or with your actions. So... But next Sunday, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how to, how to um, uh, repent of anger. That would be the fifth lesson. Anger must be repented of. Something like that. <laughs> how, how to repent of it, even, even uh, whether you're a clamor or a blower. Yes? Right. Yeah. It. Uh, I would say it depends. If uh, if the you know if the if the cashier teller at Fry's uh, offended me, and um, let's say if if she said if she said oh you're so ugly right and uh, and I got angry is that righteous anger or sinful anger? That's sinful anger. No. No. Yeah, it is. It is sinful anger. I need, I need to just let it go. Why am I so, you know, sensitive? That's sinful anger. That's self-motivated, you know, my name, my reputation, my looks, right? And, I'm, and I, right away, I can tell that I probably will not handle it or express it in a righteous manner because now it's personal. So you just got to let that go. But if the person says, if the person says, Oh, yeah, you, uh, you're wearing a coat, huh? Stopping at Fry's on a Sunday afternoon. Um, uh, where did you come from? From work? You work on Sundays? No, I came from church. Oh, you're one of those people, church people. Uh, w- you guys talk about, you know, uh, abortion is evil, all that kind of stuff, that, that, that one of you, right? Now I probably have room for righteous anger, Right? Because it's God's reputation, God hates abortion, God loves, uh, God loves the church, right? And, but like you're saying, let's say I didn't get angry until like on my way home or, or till I got home. Do I need to really 
probably not. You know, to go to go back and find the person and confess and seek forgiveness. But if it's your friend, right, and you love the relationship, the friendship that God has given you and your friend, and you get angry, even though it happens later after the occurrence, after the conversation, you do need to go to your friend. Okay? And remember, confession, honesty among friends build up friendships. Okay? Flattery, compliments, they, they really don't. It's when you are being so honest that you want to confess something uh, that you did or said or thought about the friend, even if, even if they did not know about it, but you're so humble and so honest that you confess it and say, hey, remember five days ago, um, yeah, you were, you were, you were kind of like the, in the, this style now with boho and I, that just bothered me and, you know, I got angry and whatever, or, or, or you called me, you know, you called me, uh, you, you misrepresented me in front of our other friends and that kind of irked me later on. Um, I just want to let you know that it did, it did uh, um, cause me to be angry. I responded with anger. So, and it was towards you because I was thinking about you, about what you said. So can you please forgive me? That builds relationships, guys. Okay? When you're so humble and so honest that you're willing to confess something that your friend doesn't even know about. I mean, think about it. What, what kind of friend would, would, would that be for you? That'd be the friend that you would want to keep for, for a lifetime. Right? And you would want to be like that to that other friend. So it it just depends. Depends on the relationship, depends on, you know, the context. But I don't think you need to confess every single sin, uh, especially sins that are committed in the, in the mind, you know, to every, to every person. Sometimes it's not, just not practical. You confess it to the Lord, that would be enough. So, all right. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to finish part two. And we're going to talk about how to repent from sinful anger. That would be um, our lesson. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for pointing us to your word, to the book of Proverbs. So much wisdom there that, that we need to understand and pay attention to and apply. Um, we, we ask for your forgiveness every time we get angry. Um, a lot of times it's not righteous anger. It's not about you. It's not about your name and your glory and your reputation. Um, it's, it's about us. We don't get what we want, so we blow up or we, we get slighted or we're wronged and we clam up. Or however we respond, Father, we, we ask for your forgiveness and we ask that you would help us from Proverbs how to uh, handle it wisely so that we can be pleasing to you, so that we will not be isolated from your grace, from people. We won't be fools, and that we won't be um, uh, quarreling and fighting. Uh, thank you for these students. Uh, thank you for, for um, ha um, their attention and their love for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.